what's up you guys welcome back to menu tv reviews i am your host mom today we will be discussing big sky season three episode four titled carry on comfort all right y'all so before we get started i hope everybody is having a wonderful weekend all right i'm gonna try to kick some shows out between today and tomorrow <laughs> so it'll get y'all through the week Hopefully, I'll be able to kick some shows out during the week next week so I can get y'all to the weekend. I want to give a big shout out to Miss Sue. Miss Sue hit me up, y'all, and left me a voicemail that was so encouraging and inspiring. Um, so I definitely appreciate you, Miss Sue. I know this is one of your fave shows to listen to. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, it was really good. It was really good, y'all. I don't know how they're going to top this season, next season, y'all. But this this show is really good. I hope, like, a lot of people ain't sleeping on this show. But shout out to Miss Sue, honey. If you reach out to me, I promise you I'm going to talk back to y'all. Just, y'all love me. I love y'all, too. All right, so without further ado, let's go ahead and get started. So a lady is setting the table. She's cleaning up the table um, from probably a date or, you know, just dinner when one of the glasses falls and shatters. And so she goes to pick it up and she cuts her hand on accident. She should have just went ahead and got the broom and stuff versus just trying to pick that glass up like that by herself, <clears throat> by herself. But I digress. So she goes to pick it up and she cuts her hand. So while she's washing her hand off in the sink, there's this shadowy figure that hurriedly, like spookily crosses the scene. Mm-hmm. She finna be a victim, y'all. So she's still tending to her hand when she gets like this this eerie feeling like over her. You know how like you get that weird feeling like somebody watching you or something like that? Like, y'all know what I'm talking about. So she gets that, that strange feeling, but she shakes it off real quick, right? But she should have heeded her intuition because right behind her, right outside on her back patio stands this man like staring at her. In like this coverall, right? With a werewolf mask on. And she doesn't seem to see him though. Because her back is turned to him. So when she turns around to go on the back patio. He's gone just that quick, y'all. <laughs> like where did he go that quick? And so she goes to take the broken glass to the trash. And she leaves the patio door wide open for any type of crazy psycho killer. Hers in particular is going to be her werewolf killer. <laughs> but she leaves the door wide open for him to get inside. Oh. But she don't she don't feel like nothing going to happen. She don't she don't know what we know. So she go outside and she hears her gate banging and it's creaking like it's been open. Just then the motion sensor light comes on. Of course she does what every victim does in these types of scenes. Autumn, is that you? No reply. She closes the gate door, locks it back, and starts to walk back to the house when the motion sensor light comes back on. And there stands Scary Werewolf Psycho Killer. Man, he was fast as hell. He was real sneaky. Like, how he get there that quick without making no noise? Knocking over no trash cans or nothing. I would have been tripping all over the place. That's why I can't be no killer, y'all. I'm too noisy. And so she sees him this time and he motions for her to be quiet and shows her his knife. And she lets out this horrified scream and we know, we know she a gone. Like she toast. So Jenny and Bo are in the car and Bo is trying to talk to her, but Jenny's mind is racing about her mother. She is pissed. But she's also hurt, like rightfully so. Like I would be pissed too. <laughs> How in the world is this situation going to be fixed when the woman stole $30,000? Like, what? This ain't something that you just go to sleep and, and, and you wake up and you feel better about it. No, that's not going to fix this. And so he tries to find the silver lining by reminding her that she basically helped them wrap up their own country version of an episode of the first 48. I mean, can one thing cancel out the other? <laughs> $30,000 for solving a murder? Mm-hmm. No, no. And he also reminds her that the bills were marked. So that might be helpful in, you know, recovering some of the money. I doubt it, but we'll roll with it. But she just wants to quit the whole conversation. And so they do. 
So they pull up to this crime scene where Pop, the cop Pop, is telling them that the victim is a 46-year-old woman whose body was discovered by her daughter. Oh, man, that's, that's rough. That is so rough. Y'all know that it's the lady from the opening scene, so her daughter has finally made it home. Autumn. Because y'all remember she was calling Autumn's name. Her throat was slit, y'all. And from a first impression of the scene, it looks like she might have been sexually assaulted because it's some rips like in her in her dress. And then she was dragged to the place where she was later found. They also find a bloody print, but they find out that it's the victims. So no help there. The neighbors didn't witness anything. And so they'll have to canvas the neighborhood. Um, you know, just to try to see if they can get a little bit more info about anybody seeing anything suspicious in the neighborhood. And then they go to question the family, the routine stuff. And so her husband says that he was at work all night. He was restocking and working on a backlog for the bikes because he owns a bike shop. They've been jammed all week because Pro-Am is coming into town next week. And then the daughter gets defensive when they ask him, can anyone corroborate his alibi? And so she's like, why y'all asking him that? Like, y'all need to know that. He said he was where he was. <laughs> Case closed. And they explain to her that it's just standard procedure, which we all know this. But he tells them that he, you know, all of his workers were there last night. So, yes, they can back his story. So then they ask, had anyone been doing any work around the house lately, like a handyman or a contractor or anything like that? But they deny it. They also deny anything was missing from the house. So there are no leads, y'all. This looks like something random. And so the daughter tells them that she stayed with her boyfriend last night because she got back from her volleyball tournament late. And when she says that, she kind of glances over in her dad's direction like she knows she shouldn't have stayed overnight with him. I mean, are you in high school? If you're in high school, like, anywhere. So then... They asked her, was her mom aware that she was having a slumber party at her boyfriend's house? And again, she gives a glance like she's lying and she looks down at her phone, but she says that yes, her mom was aware and she was cool with it. She's obviously lying, y'all. And they, they can see that. So, yeah, I don't know. They ask them if they can think of anything weird that had recently happened, but they both did not have any knowledge of any weird incidents. That's it interrogation over no leads so far but we know that it's actually usually someone that the victim already knows all right i got my eye on that daughter jenny believes that the husband may have had a part in it but both suspects the daughter like me what y'all think let me know so back at the campground sunny is looking for a husband neither she nor cormac have seen him and she asked cormac if he's going to be going into town today and he says yes, and she reminds him that he needs to keep his mouth shut to the locals about what's going on up there, especially about Paige's disappearance, all right? Nobody needs to know what's going on up here. And so he tells her, look, I got it. Calm down, all right? I can keep your secret, all right? But does let her know that he was able to look at the put-out trail, and he didn't notice any fresh tracks, which means that Paige is basically still out there somewhere. She did, y'all. I mean... It's a really slight chance that she might still be lost, but I believe old girl is dead. So Sunny plays it cool like she always does, and she reminds them, you know, hey, just keep your lips sealed. And if she wants to complain after she's found, she can do so on Yelp. And after she said that, y'all, I was wondering to myself, do heaven got dial up or Wi-Fi? Because I don't know how she going to leave that review on <laughs> Y'all, she is gone. <laughs> in the wind <laughs> and so she starts to mingle with the other guests that are there and she happens upon avery and emily and she asks them what their plans are for the day and so em tells her that they plan to go look for a knife and so sunny was like oh you can have mine and so she was like oh well the one that i'm looking for is pretty sentimental it's my dad's that he gave me or whatever and she was like oh well you can just keep mine until you find yours keep that in mind because i'm sure that will end up coming back some kind of way so M tells Paige, uh, so M asks Sunny about Paige. And she just wants to know if she made it back to New York safely. So Sunny lies and tells her that as a matter of fact, she did. 
and then she leaves them. But M gives like this really concerned look, like maybe she threw like some false information in there to see if Sunny would lie about it. Like, you know, where Paige is from. Where's Paige from, y'all? I don't even remember. Did she say, did she ever say like where she was? Because if M asked her and then she threw, you know, that in there to, um, to see, to see if Sonny would lie about it. And Sonny did like, M will definitely know that something is wrong. So meanwhile, back at the station, Cassie is meeting with Jenny and Bo to see if she could get some help, you know, like get some extra eyes on her missing backpackers case. And so she ends up showing him the pig that we all know that he sent to his parents and that she believes is older than what it was actually portrayed to be. And she asks, um, you know, basically if the tech guy could take a look at it and give his opinion on what he thinks about it. And Bo asks if Logan's trail is close to where Emma's camping and she tells him, no, it's miles away, but they think that someone may be trying to throw, you know, throw them in the wrong direction. And so Jenny says yes, that she'll give it to the tech guy and Cassie thanks them before she leaves. So Pop actually shows up and tells Jenny and Bo that they've got some cam footage from a neighbor's house that captured the scary werewolf walking away from the scene. And so when they go to look at the uh, footage, they notice that there's some blood stains on his coveralls now. So they formulate this plan to go talk to the family again. And so as they're leaving out, they run into Bo's ex-wife, Carla, and she is very pretty. They made, I'm sure they made a very beautiful couple. And so they have a brief disagreement about the thing that she does that he doesn't have time for her to do right now, which is pick an argument. And so they've got a break in the case. They have to go. And um, she does ask if, you know, what they're dealing with has anything to do with the missing backpacker. And he tells her no. All right. But she tells him that she knows that he was on the campground because of Avery snitching ass. <laughs> Ugh, he's such a sucker. He get on my nerves. <laughs> There's something awful about him. So we see that those communication skills are very much still a work in progress. Huh? Carla says to him. But Jenny steps in to actually defend her partner. Boo, boss, boyfriend, man, whatever, you know. <laughs> whatever he is today to her. And she was like, no, he's actually getting better at it. As a matter of fact, it's one of his best qualities. Shows how much she knows, huh? <laughs> All right, that's enough of this lipstick shading contest. They've got a murder to solve. And so she asks for a private moment with them to which he obliges. And she basically just wants some reassurance that Em is okay up there. And that none of this backpacker stuff is going to come creeping into their backyard. And he tells her, yeah, everything is fine. All right, that's the end of that. But in my head, I'm like, how you going to get mad at him for being up there? But in the same breath, you want you want him to ease your fears about a situation you didn't heard about up there? Girl, go away. Go away, girl. So when Carla leaves and Bo is going to rejoin Jenny, Jenny's just like, mm-hmm. And he's like, what? She was like, still in love with her he's like Psh, whatever y'all think he's still in love with Carla why did their why did their situation end if we ever figured that out then yeah Jenny might be right so Sonny finds Bug because I told y'all she had been looking for him all morning and she actually finds him near the hard carved tree and She's just like, what you doing up here? I've been looking for you all morning. He was like, girl, don't try to play me for no fool. I know what you've been doing. I've been noticing that you've been sneaking off a lot. Late at night, you've just been disappearing and coming back late. I know what you're up to. I know what you've been doing. Where is Walt? Is he around here somewhere? Because if so, what are you doing getting in contact with him? Because you know that's not part of the agreement. And she ends up dodging the question just a little bit and tells him that it's just better if he doesn't know. And I'm glad that they cleared that up because I didn't know for sure if Buck knew about Walt. So I'm glad they cleared that up. But Buck tells Sonny that Walt is very dangerous. And she comes to his defense like, whatever happened, that was a long time ago. Uh, ma'am, what happened a long time ago? You want to fill the rest of us in? Because obviously this is an inside joke. <laughs> like, what's going on here? And so he takes it a step further and it's just like, look, does he have anything to do with Paige or that missing backpacker? And she was like, no, nah, of course not. He ain't got nothing to do with that. And Buck is like, are you sure? 
like we talking about the same wall because the one that I know is the one that killed his adoptive parents. So he's definitely capable of a repeat. Um, excuse me, what? He did what? Yeah, you heard me right. He watched his parents burn in a house fire. And they made the agreement that as long as Wall stayed in the woods, that Buck would look the other way about, I guess, going to go turn him in. So if he did that before, he's definitely capable of doing it again. And so with all of this commotion going on, he's definitely crossing all types of forbidden lines. All right. But my question is, how though? Because technically y'all still <laughs> Y'all are still in the woods. So, is he really? Like, y'all in his house. <laughs> it ain't like he in the neighborhood. <laughs> he's still in the woods where he's supposed to be. Y'all and Pete know his property. All right, y'all trespassing. <laughs> oh, shoot. So, Sonny pleased with him not to start this argument about making her choose between her husband and her son. And he crudely reminds her that Cormac is their only son. Walt is not. And she was like, he is my son. I pushed him out. Okay. And I'm going to do what I need to do to keep him safe. And he was like, oh, really? And he threatens her and tells her to either put an end to all of this madness that he believes Walt is responsible for or he will. Y'all, if he keep playing around, I don't think he know how crazy Sonny is. Like, he gonna be on the chopping block next, all right? He better sleep with one eye open tonight, because she ain't finna play with him. So, Bo and Jenny go to meet with the victim's daughter again, and then they actually meet her boyfriend, Derek, too. Derek, you a suspect, too. Did you kill her mama? So they end up showing her the picture of the scary werewolf and ask if she recognizes the mask, and she unconvincingly denies it. And so does Derek. They're looking real suspicious, y'all. Bo asks him to raise his sleeves up to check for scars, and he does. And surprisingly, there's nothing there. He tells her to just reveal whatever she's hiding. And she looks at them and is just like, okay. And, um... She's going to tell them whatever it is that they they want to know, but she just doesn't want her dad to find out. So, y'all, the tea is that they actually caught her mom creeping around with another man about a month ago. And when they caught her creeping, they actually walked in on them and saw everything. She, she in a rock. She in between a rock and a hard place, y'all. And so she actually confronted her mom and advised her to break it off before her dad found out about it. And Derek goes on and chimes in and is just like, yeah, because the dude was creepy as hell. He was a weirdo. <laughs> what made him weird? We need to know because he might be a mama's killer. And so they asked if she's got a name for him and we don't see if she gives him an answer. So put that on pause for a minute. So back at the diner, we see this suited man walking to Tanya's diner and he goes to sit down and he talks to Dono and they get into this brief spat that actually escalated to the suited man showing Dono his peace because all he wants is a little bit of peace. And so Tanya's obviously seen enough to intervene. And so she gets up and it's just like, how can I help you? And he tells her that some lady named Ren Bueller actually referred her to him as someone who could help solve his problem of disappearing someone possibly. And his boss had recently had something stolen from him that he wants back, along with the thieves that actually took it. And so Tanya don't need that type of smoke right now, all right? Despite what he may have heard about her, she ain't in that type of business no more. But he slides her an envelope and tells her that if she does mysteriously happen to go back into business, that she'll be compensated for, you know, if whatever she can deliver on her end. And he leaves out. And y'all, when she opens the envelope, I thought it was going to be some money. But it's actually pictures of Paige and Luke. Oh, my God. This is getting so good, y'all. What the hell did they steal? And who is his boss? Oh, this is getting so good. 
So we run into Cassie and Cassie is prepping. So she's getting supplies and equipment for her hike to go find a missing backpacker down Dead Man's Drop. And so as she's picking out stuff, Cormac runs into her and he tries to ease his way on into the conversation. And um, he starts to recommend some stuff to her. And she's like, oh, you work here now? Like you a part-time employee? Like, what's up? <laughs> and so he was like, no, I don't work here. I'm just here to pick up some stuff for the city slickers. And so they do this cute little flirtation thing back and forth. Y'all, it's a vibe. I really like them together. But they ain't going to be no good for each other. This is just like Romeo and Juliet almost. And so she um, mentions that she's going to go down Dead Man's Drop. And he's like, oh, you doing that by yourself? Like that's a 30, 30 uh, foot drop or something like that. And she was like, actually, it's like a 45 and so he was like, well, lucky for you, you ain't gonna have to do it by yourself. And she's like, oh, why not? And he was like, well, I'm coming, you know, I'm coming with you. So you, you ain't got to worry about, you know, getting all this rope and stuff. You're not gonna need it because you're gonna have me. Y'all, I would love to fall into his arms. I'm just saying, catch me. All right, catch me. So back over to Walt, we see Walt chucking wood when Sonny rolls up on him and he gets he's real on edge because when he hears her footsteps he like grabs his axe like real quick and turns around like he ready to hit somebody with it and so you know she tells him that he needs to pack up because she's gonna try to move him out of there tonight and he was like why like i ain't did nothing wrong and she was just like the page still ain't turned up and he was like, I told you, I, I didn't have anything to do with that. And she was like, well, you know, people are going to start coming around and, and investigating. And it's not good for you to be here. You don't need to be here. And so he's just like, where am I supposed to go? And she tells him that there's the hunting cabin down by the creek. And he was like, but mama, that got mold in it. Like, I ain't trying to go down there. I'm trying to be free. I ain't trying to be up in no moldy cabin, breathing in all those bad spores. And so she does what every parent has done, uh, has done, I'm sure, at one point in time. And it's just like, you heard what I said. And so he ain't got no other choice but to move. And so when she's walking away, she notices that this T-shirt looking thing with blood all on it. And so she eyes it and she goes to pick it up. And she's like, Walt, whose blood is this? And he tells her that it's the backpackers. And she's just like, why in the world would you keep this? Uh <laughs> Walt is so oblivious to everything that's going on around him. Like, I'm sure she's kept him out of a lot of trouble, but still. Uh. And she goes on to tell him that, look, you can't have stuff like this just laying around. That's got that boy's DNA all over this thing. So if they find this, you are going to be thrown all the way up under the jail, okay? And so he was like, well, just leave it there. I'll burn it later. And she was like, no, nah, I'm going to handle this right now. And so she takes it with her and she tells him to go ahead and start packing. And she's going to be back for him after dark. So back over to Bo and Jenny. So they finally got a lead on um, mom's side piece and they go investigate his antique shop and so when they go in there's nobody there seemingly and so y'all they are going around this antique shop and it looks creepy as hell like it's got these old weird dolls in it and you know amongst furniture that like they're just oddly placed and they look like scary dolls <laughs> <laughs> and so Bo tells Jenny that his brother used to drag him to antique shops like that all the time when they were younger. And he even tells her about a story like this one particular shop that they would go into. It actually had like a severed hand floating in like some yellow fluid. And regardless of where they would be at in the store, when he would look back at it, the finger would always be pointing at him. Y'all, that would give me the creeps. <laughs> I wouldn't even want to go back into a store like that. And so Jenny is off on another side of the shop and she goes into this one room. And when she goes into the room, she sees all of these different animal, animal type masks. And so we obviously know that they're in the right spot now because these look very similar to the werewolf mask that was um, on the psycho scary killer werewolf the other night. So they go 
um to start looking at them when there's a it's a like a um a a full figure mirror um a full size mirror there and so they see this guy behind them in the mirror and so obviously they turn around and draw their weapons and just like you know freeze police whatever put your hands up and y'all this must be um the mom's side piece because he's got this like medieval um double-sided axe in his hand <laughs> oh my gosh y'all think he did this he probably didn't this is this has got to be a red herring we'll see and so we found out that his name is craig and craig is just like is this about jody and they were like is it because we heard from her daughter that y'all were creeping around and he was like, I I didn't do that. And so Bo, of course, throws out a theory that, you know, Craig probably got upset once Jody broke it off with him, went to go seek some revenge and knocked her off. And so he was like, I could never do that. Like, I loved her too much. And so he goes on to tell them that, as a matter of fact, he was over there last night. They had dinner and a few drinks and he left. And when he left, she was still alive. And so he was just like, okay, well, can you roll up your sleeves so I can see your arms? And so he does. And when he rolls up his sleeves, there's nothing on his arms. No, not a scar, not a scratch, no nothing. I told y'all, I think uh, he was a red herring. So it wasn't him. And so they show him the picture of the werewolf mask. And they're like, do you recognize this? And he was like, of course I do. I'm the one that sold it to her. And they're like, her who? Who is her? And he was like, I sold it to Jody. I gave it to her for a Halloween party. Her and Grant were doing like this um, Red Riding Hood, Big Bad Wolf thing. And so y'all, one somebody lying. <laughs> y'all think it was that dad. Oh. The husbands are usually the ones to do it. I hope it wasn't dad, but maybe he did find out about them creeping and he knocked her off. I don't know. We gonna find out. So back over to Cassie and Cormac. So Cormac and her end up four-wheeling that thing all through the woods. They're having a good time getting up to where she needs to go to go find the missing backpacker. And so once they finally reach their point to where they can't go any further with the ATVs, um, they stop, and so Cormac is just like, what are we looking for? I hope it's not a dead body. Please tell me it's not a dead body. And she was like, well, I hope not, but, you know, if he fell, then he would probably be over there where those rocks are, and so they're going to go for a hike now. Y'all, I just love them. They are so cute together. Maybe they'll get together by the end of the season. So back over to Jenny and Bo, they are going to Grant's bike shop. And so once they get there, they hear all this clanking and all of that. And so they draw their weapons because suspicious noises, duh. So, <laughs> so they go around the corner and they are hoping to find Grant, but they actually find one of his workers named Scott. And so they ask Scott, um, basically what Grant's alibi was the other night. Was he there with them? Like he said he was. And so Scott was like, yeah, he was here. And so they were like, all night? And he was like, yeah. Except for when he had called in some pizza and went to go get it. And so they were like, oh, okay, what time was that? And so he was like, late. And he was just like, you guys don't think that he did this, do you? Like, he loved Jody. He would never hurt her. And so... um they ask where he's at now, and he tells them that they're that he's at their warehouse. And so they're going to go look for him there. But while they were having the conversation, Bo noticed this picture that was hanging on the wall. And it was the picture from the Halloween party. And Jody was in her little red riding hood costume. But Bo, not Bo, mm -mm, but Grant did not have his werewolf mask on that was made for that halloween party so where was the mask and so back at the campgrounds we see m 
and Avery and Luke. So Avery is having an argument with Luke about getting him to stop spreading these rumors about him being suspicious of, of with Paige's disappearance, involving Paige's disappearance. He doesn't like it. Like he doesn't appreciate her telling all of these other people lies about him. So basically tell her to knock it off. And so as he's walking away, Em is walking up to Avery. And so she was like, what, what was that all about? And so he tells her. And so she was just like, well, I mean, he is acting suspicious. So if he is, I'm gonna call him out on it. And so Avery was just like, well, Luke would appreciate it, you know, if you kind of sort of mind your own business. And so she was like, well, do you think I should mind my own business? And he was like, I didn't say that. And so she was like, okay, cool. And so then he tells her that her mom is coming tomorrow and that it would be in the best of both of their interests if they just kind of kept this secret to themselves. They, you know, she's thinking that they're up there supposedly bonding and they're having all this fun and they're riding horses and doing all this great stuff. And so mum's the word. So she agrees. And so all is good right now. So back at the diner, Donna presents um, Tanya with this pie. And she's just like, oh, what is this for? He was like, it's a new recipe. And so he gives it to her. She tries it and she absolutely loves it. And so she's like, okay, when is this going on the menu? And he was like, it's not. I made this just for you because you work too much. You should enjoy a piece of pie. And so she um, asked him to sit down. And so they're going to have some conversation. Y'all, y'all think Donna is into Tanya? Do y'all think that Tanya is reciprocating his feelings? Y'all think she like him like that? I don't think she do. And so she just wants him to know how appreciative she is of the fact that he could have left with the Buellers, but instead he chose to stay behind with her in Montana and that she's the best partner that he, that he's the best partner that she's ever had. And so obviously he's very uncomfortable with receiving compliments. And so she was like, I know you don't like that, but it just needed to be said. I appreciate you. And so he was like, okay, I received it. Thanks. Let's move on. And so he asked her, are they going to actually, you know, take the suited guy up on his offer? And she's just like, well, I don't know. We can make that decision together. And so he was like, we don't do hits. Like, that's your rule. That's what you said. And she was like, well, we're not technically doing a hit. We're just going to go find some stuff and find some people, possibly. <laughs> and so he was just like, ugh. Stage one, and then stage two is we kill him, and then stage three is we dispose of the bodies, and only after stage three do we receive payment. That's standard. And so he says that he's going to do a little bit of research on the people, and then after he does his due diligence with research, then he's going to let her know, and then they'll make a decision together. And so she agrees. That's cool. And so then he asks her about Gigi, Jenny's mom. And so she was like, what about her? And he was like, well, what are we doing with her? Like, what's the plan? And she just tells him that when she has a plan together, she will let him know when she's ready to let him know. And so that's it on that. So back over to Jenny and Bo, they're on their way to the warehouse when they receive a call from Officer Pop. And he tells them that he's at the shipping warehouse He's at the shipping warehouse right at that very moment, but he can't seem to find Grant anywhere. And so they put two and two together and figure out that Grant has lied to Scott. And so now they're finna get ready to head over to Jody and Grant's house. And I'm nervous about what they're gonna find. So when they walk through the door, they immediately notice that there's blood smears everywhere. There's Bloody fingerprints on the wall. There's bloody fingerprints leading up the stairs. It's blood everywhere. And so they go to start clearing the house and they can't find Grant anywhere upstairs. And so, um, well, Jenny goes upstairs and Bo stays downstairs and they start clearing the house. And so Bo ends up finding Grant on the floor in the kitchen and he's bleeding out. But fortunately, he's not dead. So they're gonna go ahead and hurry up and call a bus and hopefully they can save Grant so he can give a statement. So Jenny walks back into the hospital and he, Bo asks her, had she been able to locate Autumn? And she tells him no, but she's got forensics and 
analyzing the bloody prints in her room. And so hopefully they'll be able to come up with something. Um, and so he's just like, okay, well, where does that leave us now? Because we obviously know that he's no longer a suspect because he got stabbed. <laughs> he got poked a few times and it was pretty hard. <laughs> and so the nurse comes out and lets them know that he's now awake. So they go in to talk to Grant and try to figure out this whole mess. And so they're just like, hey, Grant, can you hear us? And he nods his head, yes. And so they're just like, okay, well, where's Autumn? Have you seen her? And so he was just like, Scott. And they're like, wait, what? What'd you say? And he was like, Scott has her. I should have listened to Jody, Y'all what the hell and he tells them that scott is in love with autumn what type of pedophile you know what yeah no we're not gonna even go there scott got autumn so back over to cassie and cormac so they finally make it to the spot that she was looking for and when she gets there she notices that there's some blood like crawling down a rock and so she's just like that's weird and so he's just like do you think it's your missing backpacker and she was like maybe and then he mentioned something about a deer running off the path and she was like yeah if that was the case like there would be a carcass here and so she asked him like okay if you were a killer where would you hide a body and so he was like I don't know and I hope I never have to find out or answer that question for you. But you might want to start by looking over there. And so she turns around and she sees these vultures circling a specific area. So, yeah, that's probably where they're going to find the missing backpacker at. So she mentions that she wants to go over there and look. And he was like, ah, well, that's quite a ways away. So if we do get there, it's going to be some time after dark. And she was like, oh, did mama give you a curfew? <laughs> they are so cute, y'all. <laughs> oh, and he did mention something about it being their first day, which she did not say no to. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So they're going to, like I said, head over there to figure out what the vultures are poking around at. So back over to the campground. So M done ran up on Luke. He's down at the river skipping pebbles, creek, whatever it is. He's skipping pebbles and she, like I said, I don't know if she's looking for her knife at this particular time, but she runs across him. And so they end up having a conversation about her being suspicious about his involvement with Paige's disappearance, this, that, and the third. And so he tells her like, look, that's not the type of guy that I am. I could never hurt Paige. I loved her, all of that. And so M was just like, well, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, she got back safe. And he was like, I don't know what happened to her. That's the honest to God truth. I don't know what happened, but there was obviously somebody else out there with us. And so he tells her like, look, you need to stay out of this because you have no idea who you're dealing with. Okay. I didn't do anything to Paige, but you need to stay far away from this. So I wonder if he's trying to keep her protected from the other people that he's involved with that, you know, that have to do with the suited guy that came into the diner. And so, yeah, he walks off after that and she actually recorded the entire conversation, which is pretty smart. But again, she's getting deeper and deeper involved in this case. And so... Y'all, she she gonna end up in some serious trouble if she don't heed Luke's warnings and stay away from it. Back to Jenny and Bo. So Jenny and Bo are showing up to Scott's house and they go and they are met by all of these police sirens and everybody's already there. And so they go in and Pop tells them that there's nobody there. They've cleared the whole house. And so he's going to try to go back to the warehouse or to the bike shop, sorry, to see if he can find them there. And Jenny and Bo are actually going to try to go back to the Cutter's house to see if they can find anything there. And so they're just wondering, like, what's the motive for killing Jody? 
and Jenny is just like, okay, so did Scott kill her because, you know, she basically told him to stay away from her daughter when she found out that he was creeping on her or Bo's thinking, did Scott go there that night to Jody's house with the intention of snatching Autumn that night when he accidentally ran into Jody and they probably got into this argument and he, he killed her. So I don't know what y'all think. So Bo starts telling this story about how when he was younger, him and his uncle, well, he used to help his uncle build houses when he was younger. And so Jenny's just like, oh, not another one of your stories. And so he was like, no, nah, listen, like when I was younger and I was helping my uncle build houses, like, you know, I, I got experience with this. And when I walked into this house, into Scott's house, I just noticed that something was off. Like, it's weird. The dimensions are wrong in this house. And so Jenny starts looking around and she noticed that there's like this slanted picture on the wall. And so she's like, I'm gonna go head upstairs. And so he follows her. And so they go upstairs and she notices this door that's like halfway open and so she pushes it back a little bit and when she touches the doorknob she notices that there's blood on the doorknob so instead of her going to go let somebody know hey there's blood here we need to get some backup or put the blood on some tissue so they can analyze it later or something she draws her weapon and she just goes straight forward so as they're going forward they look inside of this closet because they start hearing this music like a like one of those little ballerina boxes or something like one of those music boxes and so they hear the music they go into the closet and it looks like a closet just a closet on on first sight right but as they look a little bit deeper into the closet they notice that there's a door there and so they open up this door and there's like this makeshift dollhouse room in there and so i'm pretty sure this is where autumn is but they go to commercial so y'all they finally get into the room and like i said they do find autumn there and they also find the werewolf mask but there's no scott and so they run over to autumn and they ask her hey have you seen the key because she is chained up and while jenny's trying to find a key to release autumn Bo is looking around the room and it's like all of this this childlike stuff like little ballerina slippers like little bandages like he's been planning this for a really long time y'all did jody creep around on grant when when they were younger and she got pregnant by sky or uh, i don't know and so like i said jenny is trying to help autumn but autumn has apparently been drugged by some like She's been drugged by Scott, but we don't know what she's taking. But her her reactions are definitely delayed. And so just when they figure out, like, this has been a long time coming, the lights go out. Oh, shit, y'all. What's about to happen? Y'all, somehow, some kind of way, Scott has been under the bed the entire time. And so he starts creeping from up under the bed, like, oh my God, y'all. And so then he sneaks up on Bo and stabs him. And so they start tussling all over the room while Autumn is in the corner, doped, all right? So they're tussling with him. He gets the better of Bo for a second, and then it's Jenny's turn. So then she, she throws a few good punches and lands them. And then he, like, just clotheslines her ass. And so then <laughs> Bo ends up grabbing a knife some kind of way. Or maybe Scott still had it. I don't know. But either way, they're tussling. And Bo makes Scott stab himself in the heart. So he's down for a quick second. And so then Bo is like, oh, shit, he got me, you know. And so Jenny comes over to look at his wound, but then Scott gets up, y'all, and he goes towards them with the knife again, and Bo notices him, and is just like, hoy, and he turns her around real quick and uses, like, her hand to, like, shoot him. So now he did, dead for real. Crisis averted. But Bo gonna have to get stitched up, I'm sure. 
Jenny, you know how to use a sewing needle. Meanwhile, back over there at the campgrounds, so Cassie and Cormac have finally made it to their destination. Of course, it's dark like he expected it would be. But when they walk up on the scene, they finally find the missing backpacker. But before that, Cormac was like, look, aside from our mission that we set out to do today, today has actually been quite fun. But that's quickly deflated once they find Mark. So now they have to notify the parents. So Autumn is finally reunited with her dad, Grant, and she apologizes to him because she feels like all of this is her fault. He killed her mom and almost killed her dad all because of her. And her dad is just like, no, don't blame yourself. It's my fault. I should have protected you guys. And they're just grateful to have each other at this point. And so Jenny and Bo's job is done for the day. And so they walk out of the room and Jenny tells Bo, a loving dad, you know, can't protect you from everything, but it's always good to have one in your corner. And so Bo is just like, are we still talking about them or are we talking about somebody else? And she pats him on the shoulder. And so he's definitely got to go make another trip up there to see him. So back at the diner, Dono pulls up and tells Tanya that he's located where Paige and Luke are. And so she was like, whoa, that was fast. Where are they? And he tells her that he found out that they were on a camping trip. And even though they registered under fake last names, but they still use like their first true names, I'm assuming. He was still able to locate them pretty, pretty easily. And so he was like, well what you want to do is your call and so she was like you know I've always wanted to go camping and so they're going to go find Luke and Paige y'all this is gonna get serious real quick because I'm pretty sure Em is gonna end up in the crosshairs in all of this madness so Sonny and Buck are going to go help Walt move and Buck is just like do you honestly think that moving Walter to another cabin is gonna make all of this go away and she was like well it might I mean the cabin is a little bit more isolated and he was like yeah I ain't so sure like I can bet my beard that he's got something to do with these disappearances and Sonny is just like oh well <laughs> you ain't got much of a beard there Buck so <laughs> are you basically saying that he's innocent and so they go to knock on Walt's door and they go in and initially I thought that maybe something might have happened to Walt but no he's just sitting over in the corner and he's just like why did you bring him and so Sonny tries to use her charm again because you know she's she's a real charmer and she's just like Walt I hope you didn't think that I was going to be coming by myself to help you move like my mama always told me that I had a hard head but that back of mine baby that's a <laughs> it's, it's getting rough and so he was just like but I don't want him here and so Buck was like don't you talk to your mother like that and so they Walt goes charging at Buck and so they get into like um a quick yanking yanking up real quick or yoke up what's the word yoke up yank anyway so Buck yanks him up real quick and was just like look you keep on playing with me like I'd rather put a bullet in your head than see you watch you you know than watch you drag your mama down like this and so Sunny ends up breaking them up and she was like Buck I'm telling you the once and once only this is my one and only time telling you this you keep your hands off my son because if you touch him again I'm going to bring down a coal hill on your head. And you know that I can do it. So don't even try me. And so Buck is just like, Sonny, I done told you. That boy is going to be the end of you. Watch. He's going to bring you down. And he leaves. So. Whew. Talking about some family matters, boy. Ooh, they got some serious issues. <laughs> So after Buck leaves, Sonny just looks at Walt and you can tell that his feelings are hurt. And so she just goes over to him and she gives him a hug and she tells him that she loves him. And then she's just resigned to let sleeping dogs lie for tonight. So because Walt tells her that he's not leaving 
and I don't think he really wants to go and that's not fair because he hasn't done anything wrong if anything he's done nothing but be helpful aside from him killing his parents way back when we gonna we gonna let that stay in the past like Sonny said <laughs> and so like I said she's resigned for the night so she um she ends up leaving too and so when she leaves we see that there's somebody looking through a peephole. So I'm thinking that is somebody like on the outside, right? Looking in. No. So Walt sees the person peeping through the peephole and he walks over to, to it. And there's actually a door that the person is peeping through the peephole. And so when he opens up the door, y'all, it's freaking Paige oh my god y'all and he tells her that they're gone and she gives him a look like good is walt helping Paige, like get away from all of this drama what in the hell is going on y'all i don't know what to think anymore but this is getting really good y'all let me know what y'all think because i don't know anymore just tell me what you think <laughs> maybe y'all got better theories than i do but um yeah that's the end of the episode that's all i got oh man this was really good i don't know how many times i can say that but it was all right that's it you guys y'all can reach me at menu tv reviews on facebook and instagram you can also reach me at my tv tv reviews without a uh, podcast with no s on the end at gmail.com so my tv reviews podcast at gmail.com um Shout out to all the new listeners. Shout out to all the old listeners. Shout out to everybody. Thank you guys so much for supporting me. I appreciate it. If you would love to rate or leave a review for me, please do. Um, if you just want to reach out and say, hey, I'll say hey back and we'll have a whole dialogue. <laughs> I'm so excited for this this season to see where the rest of it takes us. Let me know what you think. Just talk back to me y'all that's all i got for y'all so until we meet over the airwaves again i am mo and i will talk to you guys soon bye